Lights, camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome to Lights, Camera, Asia. I'm Jake Chan. In the past two weeks' show, we look at the story of Lost in Translation. A film about two Americans, a middle-aged actor and a young college graduate, who run into each other in Tokyo, Japan. This completely foreign environment makes the two lonely souls feel even more isolated in their circumstances, which lead them to gravitate closer towards one another. While experiencing the city together. The two develop this bond that is hard to clearly define. It is a bit more intimate than your average friendship, but not quite a full-blown romantic relationship. Both are married, and they never overstep their boundaries. But on many occasions, both of them clearly display romantic interest in one another. The most notable moment being the end of the film. When the two face the realization that they are to be separated from one another, and quite possibly never to meet again after returning to their lives back in the states, both characters are representative of a particular group of people in the Western society. Charlotte, the young college graduate, is clearly a millennial, whereas Bob Harris, the middle-aged actor, is a baby boomer. Who is halfway through in this life? Therefore, the characteristics and the challenges facing these two characters are, in a sense, representative of a larger demographic. Lost in Translation is set in Tokyo, Japan, but I believe the movie essentially shines a light on many typical issues in America, or in Western societies in general. I believe that by analyzing the challenges facing these two main characters. We will not only get a better understanding of them, we'll get a better understanding of the mindset of many living in the Western Hemisphere. So let us start with Charlotte, shall we? We have already gone through the movie's plot and some of the key moments, so we'll just sum up who she is pretty quickly here. At this particular time in her life, Charlotte is two years removed from getting an undergraduate degree. In philosophy from Yale University, so she's proven to be quite intelligent. But all the philosophical readings and discussion sessions in an Ivy League university cannot serve as a replacement for real-world experiences. Like she said herself, she has tried her hands on drawing, photography, and writing, but she doesn't much like what she produces. Having a Bachelor of Art degree. Also, doesn't help with her career prospect, as most BA students tend to have a hard time finding high-paying jobs, compared to their peers with more technical degrees or practical skills, such as those with computer science degrees or even carpentry. Not having a job or a career after graduation could certainly be disorientating for a young woman like Charlotte, as she's not too certain about where she ought to be heading. Or in which field she is supposed to focus her attention to. 
More significantly, however, and Charlotte doesn't really admit this throughout the film, feeling alone and directionless has also had a clear effect on her self-confidence. The feeling is manifested in the way she talks, as she either takes a jab at someone who she considers to be not as intelligent, and she also doesn't have the proper way to express her feelings directly. In a scene at the hotel she's staying, Charlotte's husband, who is a photographer coming to Japan to shoot a local rock and roll band, runs into an actress who is also his friend. The two immediately chatted up. Oh my God, John! What are you doing here? Oh, well, you know, I'm just here uh, shooting a band. What about you? What I'm you, here promoting you? that action movie I did. Yeah, oh. you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm doing 20 million interviews a day. It's crazy. Oh, it's right. so good to see you. Yeah, yeah. So how long are you gonna be here? Uh, well, we're here for a week. You know, I'm gonna go shoot in Fukuoka. Oh, you know? <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, this is uh, this is my wife, Charlotte. Hi. Yeah. It's really yeah. nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet Hello. you. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wife. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John. John. Huh. You are my favorite photographer. Oh. No, God. you are. I only want you to shoot me. <laughs> it's true. Uh, oh my God, I have the worst VO right now. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, no, no. But listen, yeah. um, let's all go out for a drink sometime. Yeah. It's clear that the two are just catching up, and the conversation isn't meant to be profound by any stretch of the imagination. But Charlotte's reaction afterward says a ton more about herself. Evelyn Wong. Uh, what? Evelyn Wong was a man. Oh come on, she's nice. What? Not, you know, you know, not everybody went to Yale. Oh, it's just a pseudonym for Christ's sake. Why do you have to defend her? Well, why do you have to point out how stupid everybody is all the time? Mm, I thought it was funny. Forget it. Even later on, during her conversation with Bob, Charlotte lets it slip that she could be mean sometimes. I certainly don't think Charlotte is a bad person by any means, and the reason why she could be a bit difficult with people is because she hasn't grown to be mature enough to peacefully handle and express her discomfort in many situations. In many ways, being in a foreign city and feeling alone exposes Charlotte's insecurities even further. And on that subject, let's turn our attention to Bob Harris. On the surface of it, Bob is an American actor who has come to Tokyo to endorse a local brand. He has the appearance of what we typically consider as a successful man. He is getting paid very well for his job, as much as two million U.S. dollars. He gets to travel to fancy locations, and even people outside of his country and culture recognize him for his past work. So, he has fame, money, a well-recognized career, plus a family with two children. This life certainly seems like one that is difficult to complain about, isn't it? But while we can argue that Bob represents a group of successful men, the challenges that he faces are quite representative as well. Bob is a middle-aged man who is past the prime of his career, so although he still looks successful from the outside, he frequently finds himself alone, 
sitting in his hotel room and watching the movies that he's made in the past. And while he's pretty good at making small talks with people that he meet in the bar downstairs in the hotel, when it comes to real, important, genuine communications, such as his talks with his family, Bob doesn't do much better in that regard. His wife contacts him a number of times throughout the film, but their conversations often carry very little meaning. Hey. Hey, you know those carpet samples? You're right about the burgundy. It wasn't even close. Blows the others away. I saw a great house tonight that you would have loved, and that burgundy would have been good in this house, really. And a guy designed his own house and built it. Oh, yeah? I wish I'd seen it. He's a fashion guy. All these fashion people were there. And uh, there were Japanese surfers there, and the guy was playing really, really, really great music. I should have found out what it was and brought some. I'll bring some back. I'll try to find out. Tell her I said she's got to eat something. Yeah, tell her I said she has to eat something. Eat. Tell her I said so. It's not fun. It's just it's just very very different. I might not be up. It's it's like four. No, actually, they gave me tomorrow off. All right. Have a great great night. Okay. I mean, I guess have a great morning, huh? <laughs> Good night. Whatever you like. I'm I'm completely lost. It's just carpet. That's not what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? I don't know. I just wanna get healthy. You know, I wanna take better care of myself. I would like to start eating healthier. I don't want all that pasta. I would like to start eating like Japanese food. How are the kids doing? They're fine. They miss their father, but they're getting used to you not being here. Do I need to worry about you, Bob? Only if you want to. We can see that while these aren't exactly what we called mindless chatters, both Bob and his wife are pretty absent-minded when talking to one another. The subject matters aren't exactly important, and when they are, one of the two sides doesn't care to listen. The lack of attention to one another points to what I think is a deeper anxiety in Western society. Which is the lack of real attention to things that are valuable to each individual human being. To Bob, 
He has an appreciation for unique musicians, artistic buildings, and his own health. And these are the things that matter to him a lot. But his wife is caught up with her attention to the children, and arguably a less important subject, which is choosing the right color for a piece of carpet. The same issue challenges Charlotte, when her mother on the other end of the phone could barely hold her attention span long enough to hear her talk about her feelings. And her frustrations in her life and marriage. This is a larger issue that faces modern society, and not just the one in America, but very much so in Japan and in the rest of Asia as well. In our next and final episode, we'll talk about the issue and see how director Sofia Coppola addresses the problem, and use it as a backdrop for the movie to accentuate the many themes. For light 